Welcome back to the Star Tribune's Talking Preps podcast. I'm David LeBake, joined by Jim Paulson, my colleague at the Star Tribune. And it's uh, football playoffs, it's football state tournament time. And we've got a, a full slate of quarterfinals that take place. We're recording this on early Thursday afternoon. So tonight we'll be out at, at football games, uh, Friday night and then Saturday afternoon. So lots to dig into. Is, is Where does this rank in terms of your favorite time of the year? It is... Um... A combination of both my favorite time of the year and my least favorite time of year. Um, <laughs> favorite time of year because we're getting down to the wire and football, and we like to see the best teams against the best teams to know who's going to win, and, and we like to see the best matchups. But man, oh man, this semifinal or quarterfinals night is the coldest night of the year or coldest weekend of the year because we are still in press boxes. We're still at, at neutral sites, and uh, you're just looking forward to the next week when we get to go into the climate controlled comfort of a uh, U.S. bank stadium. So uh, you know that you're going to have to go in this week, uh, seeing some good football, but you're going to be have to bundle up to do it. Well, I don't know about you, but this morning, see, my daughter's got her permit. So I, I ride with her to school now so she can get in driving uh, time. And this morning I went out and we were, I rode in the passenger seat. I had my, my uh, flats on my, my slip in sliders, whatever you call those uh, kind of sandals sort of shoes and a pair of shorts. And I just thought tonight I'm going to be in all kinds of layers. It's because you got the, 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 uh, the, the video people, the live stream people, or sometimes the team, they have video operators. They take the windows out or, or they open them wide. And then you mm -hmm. uh, usually have the hatch above that lets people on the roof. So you get kind of this, you're hit both ways with, with cold air. And, and I know that we do have some respite from the wind, but geez, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really not, Warmth isn't really what it's about. It's it's about uh, you know staying hopefully dry and, and being able to write your story as you go. And press boxes aren't made for comfort, that's for sure. They uh, they're utilitarian. Most of them. A few schools have uh, added a few creature comforts uh, over the years, but not many. They're like little refrigerated boxes because they've got <laughs> cold air all around them, including underneath, and uh, you can feel it on your feet. It it, uh, uh, it is worthwhile going with an extra layer or two when you get there. Yeah, absolutely. And tonight we're going to get started. We got 6A. Uh, I will be over at Stillwater High School, uh, Centennial playing Rosemounts. And over across town, we've got Shakopee playing Eden Prairie at Park Center. As you mentioned, these are neutral site turf games. That's why we have the locations that we do. This is uh, – we're just right off the bat for Thursday. We got some heavy hitters, and, and we've, we've picked – we both agreed uh, on our picks in the paper. We both picked Rosemount over Centennial in a tight physical game, and we both picked Eden Prairie over Shakopee. What else can be said about what you're looking forward to in these matchups? You know, as, as far as what we said in the matchups, the teams, I, I, I'm not going to change my mind at all, but I, I've always been a, a big proponent of Centennial. They don't get – they're not a sexy program. They're not a team that people are going to look at and say, wow, they throw the ball over the place. And man, that rushing offense is just something to behold. They play strong, tough, physical football, and they don't back down from anybody. And that's kind of been the MO from Rosemount over the years. And I know that uh, Jeff Erdman had talked at the start of the season and getting back to that uh, style of play for Rosemount. So this will be a game where there's going to be an awful lot of hitting. Um, you know, it'll be, it'll be definitely a game of uh, some bruising uh, – Bruised players and uh, you know, bruised, uh, I wouldn't say egos, but let me be a lot of hitting going on, a lot of tough, tough kids going out there. I think Rosemount has shown me that they can generate some offense 
more than I expected after the start of the season, and they've been putting up some big numbers. I, I think that they don't need to score much. Three touchdowns maybe I think would be enough to take care of Centennial in this one. We don't, we can't talk about the, or we don't talk about uh, politics as far as who you vote for in, in an election. That's never a good thing to do at the dinner table or even among friends. But I'm curious, in the final Associated Press poll, Maple Grove got eight first place votes and they're the number one team. Rosemount is second and they had one number one vote. Was that you? No. Okay. No, it wasn't. I thought Maple Grove, I, I'm a person that believes in not, I don't punish a team. Uh, for for not winning strong enough, and and Maple Grove ended number one all season long. I I never saw a time when Maple Grove would be a uh, out of the knocked out of the number one spot. So no, that wasn't me. But uh, uh, it's well deserved. I mean Rosemont, who I didn't think would be uh, as good as they were at the start of the season, has really impressed me all season long. That's I think that's the team. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's the team you made a case for uh, back in that year's cell phone. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I think that's the Rosemont's the team that you made a case for back in 2020 when there was no playoffs. Uh, you and I kind of went through and, and made our case of who we thought should have won. And I think it was, I think it was Lakeville South, Eden Prairie, and Rosemount were the three uh, that we came up with. And I think that was your pick, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I liked I liked Rosemont. They had they had uh, uh, I thought was one of the best football players, pound for pound football players I've seen in the past ten years, and Jake Ratzloff. Yeah, and he's so, special. And he's at Wisconsin now. So I thought uh, that was a team I really – there was a lot of attention paid to Lakeville South that year. And I think Lakeville South even talks about uh, – at their game, calls themselves the uh, two-time defending state champs. They um, do. And I don't know that I can really buy into that because there wasn't a state I can't. championship in Yeah, I, I can't so buy into it, yeah. They, but, um, you know, they actually had a great year, and they were undefeated that year. And, and if they want to call themselves state champs, more power to them. But I think – I, I say Rosemount was their equal that season. If I'm not mistaken, 2020 was worth mentioning also because Eden Prairie, I think a lot of the seniors that they have on their team this year, I, I like. I think a lot of them were getting some time as sophomores and, and took some lumps. And it's funny because when you say Eden Prairie took some lumps, last year they still went to the, the semifinals. They still played in U.S. Bank Stadium, and there's, there's programs all over the state that would kill for that to be considered kind of a down year taking lumps. But I, I think that, that there's something fresh about Eden, Eden Prairie as a story in so much as these players have been at it for some of them three years and they've kind of been building and building. And now they're in a position where you could look at them as a viable state championship option. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's already so many athletes that come out of Eden Prairie. And one of the things that Mike Grant is so good over there is being able to know which kids are going to respond at the right time and put them in the right situations, even if they haven't been there much of the season, you know, and putting a kid at quarterback in the playoffs who hasn't played there all season long and it pays off getting a kid a chance to carry the ball when he hasn't carried the ball much all season and it pays off. He knows how to push the buttons of that team and of those kids and how to get them to play strong football this time of year. And I got to say, Eden Prairie is looking as strong as anybody this year. They are. They are. Shakopee, excuse me, did beat them earlier this season. So I'll be interested to see what, what that rematch looks like. Um, unless you had anything else on the Thursday slate, I was going to turn a page to Friday. Uh, we got, well, if we're, talking, if we're talking just 6A, probably not. But there is one game tonight, Thursday night, that it, you must keep an eye on. It's a must-watch, and that's Stewartville and Hutchinson. It's Class oh, yeah. 4A, obviously. That's at Lakeville South, and that is uh, – 
kind of a, a, a state championship level game. I mean, Stewartville's been ranked number one. Hutchinson as well. Hutchinson, the defending state champs, are ranked number two. Uh, a type of game you'd prefer to see uh, in a state championship. But this is a, a, a quarterfinal game, and uh, two teams that are averaging more than 45 points a game. I think Stewartville's averaging 51. So they haven't had a close game at all, all season long. They haven't scored less than 31 in a game this season. So that definitely is a game worth watching. It may be uh, one of the most intriguing games of the night. Yeah, two teams with one loss combined. So, yes, they, uh, that's that's uh, power on power, most definitely. On Friday night, Lakeville South plays uh, Stillwater at Eden Prairie and East Ridge. Probably so the surprise team of the Class 6A State tournament field. They play Maple Grove at Sanhattan. What do you what do you see in these matchups? Well, I saw Lakeville South last week, and uh, nobody expected Lakeville South to win the way they did. But White Bear Lake really did a pretty strong job against uh, uh, Lakeville South and shutting down that power T running game. Obviously, nobody shuts down Carson Hansen. He still ran for more than a hundred yards because he had broke a couple of long runs. And when he gets going and he gets up ahead of steam, he's not an easy guy to bring down. Uh, but the thing that nobody saw coming was the Carson Hansen as pass receiver. Three times they sent him out in basically straight downfield, either a wheel route or a fly route, and threw to him uh, 30 yards downfield at the goal line or in the end zone, and he caught all three of them. I mean, you don't think of Carson Hansen as being a wide receiver type, but, man, he was fantastic. He made some terrific catches. Uh, twice, two of them were uh, contested, one one-handed around a defender, and uh, I don't think anybody would have expected to see Lakeville North go to the air like that and get three Carson Hansen receiving touchdowns in the third quarter. And then uh, the defense stepped up and, uh, and forced seven turnovers. And so Lakeville South looks like a team to contend with at this time. Although last week, I will admit, I tried to uh, be a little controversial and said I thought Lakeville North would have a chance to beat Stillwater. And I found out they just didn't have – the guns they needed and Stillwater came out and handled them pretty handily. So uh, I don't want to underestimate Stillwater by any means. Well, we picked seven uh, games in the paper and there was only one where we disagreed. And I, I think Stillwater is capable of the upset. And it's not just because of Mac, Mac and Jansky at quarterback. Well, that certainly helps. I think that you know, they had two guys run for a hundred yards last week. Stillwater did. And neither one of them was their, their normal guy. Um, Shoot, I can't remember his name, but I saw. So they they they're they're, uh, they're they're they've got a running game with some depth and some balance. I'd like to point out. I'm not going to say I would predict Carson Hansen to do what he did last week, but last year when they played Eden Prairie, he killed them on a couple of passes, and that was one of the uh, moments that inspired me to, to ask around and, and kind of get a sense for running backs being used more as as pass catching options and, and not just screens necessarily or but but you know going downfield splitting them out using your athletes in different ways and, and he was a, a real impetus for for asking those questions about so i'm glad to see they're still using him effectively because i, I knew he has certainly had some ability and and uh, they they pulled it out at the right time much like you said the strength of eden prairie you know making the right decisions on personnel and formations at the right time uh, carson hansen is another example of that itself any chance that you're looking at it Eastridge and Maple Grove, uh, any chance uh, Eastridge can pull this one out? I mean, they've got – they can throw the ball. They've got a, a kid in Tanner Zolnoski, a quarterback, who's got that kind of 
quarterback moxie. You know what I mean? He knows how to yeah. get himself free. He knows how to find guys downfield. There's some quarterbacks that just don't have that. He's a kid that looks like he's a he's a natural. Um, you think that's enough to uh, take down a Maple Grove team that looks very balanced? Yeah, short answer, no. Um, I've been <laughs> I've been I've been beating the drum of the weather probably more than I should because it's been a pretty warm fall. But I think finally, uh, getting back to what you said earlier about the cold of, of these games, it, I think finally there's some some cold that you need to be concerned about as far as your passing attack. And, and so that might play a role. That's like, maybe that's like adding another DB uh, when it comes to, um, when it comes to being able to defend him well, but even without that Maple Grove, one of their strengths is as a, as a, as a defense is in the secondary. They got a lot of veterans back there. They're very sound. Uh, they will, they can change the game with, with interceptions. And so I, I think that, that, that's Eden Prayer, uh, excuse me, Eastridge's strength plays into a pretty strong aspect of Maple Grove's team as well. And defense is Maple Grove coach Matt Lombardi's forte. That's what he made made his name with when he was a defensive coordinator at uh, at Wyzetta. I mean, I'm not right. saying that he, he can't coach offense. Obviously, he can. But that's where he uh, he really uh, made made his money over there. I mean, he was a he would take young, smaller guys, undersized guys that were fast and strong athletes and put them on the line. I remember he had, had a kid that was maybe 190 pounds as a, as a nose tackle once at Wyzetta, and he would just blow past the interior lineman every time and make plays in the backfield. So Lombardi is a defensive genius. I think you find a way to shut down a, a passing game. Yeah, it's funny you say that because you said when I got to Maple Grove, I had to do a little myth busting with with Wyzetta because I showed him the the starting lineup and starting defensive lineup for the prep bowl champion team and I think the biggest guy was like 240 you know otherwise it was guys who said that that were 170 but they played like they were 210 you know that's <laughs> you got to do that mm-hmm. that snow uh, that snow job on them to get them to think that and to play like that so that's that's one of the tricks of the trade so yeah, that, uh, that should be, you know, we'll see what, what transpires. But, I mean, if you, you're either a good team all year, like at this time of the year, like Maple Grove, or your team is playing its best at this time of year, which is Eastridge. So, you know, who knows? Who knows what we might, how that might transpire. Yeah, this is the, this is a night where, where there's not going to be any, any real upsets or real surprises. This is one where I think the teams that are anybody that wins is going to deserve it. Even if you're not favored, you, it's, it's a game where you could, any team could win these ones. So those are all night games on Thursday and Friday that we discussed, and they're all 6A games uh, for the most part that we talked about. But uh, for Saturday, we've kind of got a college football feel because we're going pretty heavy with afternoon games and pretty heavy in uh, Class 5A. And and there's you know there's a few others like, but, but that's that's the bulk of what's happening Saturday. And uh, I see some matchups. I will be out at Woodbury to uh, to watch. St. Thomas Academy, number one St. Thomas Academy against defending champion in Class 5A, Montevideo. That's that's a heck of a game. And and, uh, and you just – if I'm not – did you just see one of those teams or am I mistaken? I saw the the previous meeting between those two teams. Oh, okay, yeah, even better. Yeah, even and, better. And you yeah. said that uh, St. Thomas threw more that game. Uh, you know, they, 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 they did throw more, but, you know, they're a very balanced team and they're talented. I mean, the two running backs, Savian Hart and – and love out of bio are, are uh, enviable. Any team in the state at any level would envy having to those two kids. The thing that really sets them apart, I think, is their quarterback. The uh, uh, um, my favorite name of the season, uh, uh, Maximus Sims, the quarterback for uh, <laughs> Thomas Academy. 
I think I wrote he's a gladiator. Uh, <laughs> but of course you did. Of a sword too. He doesn't have to uh, have to uh, um, throw the ball too much because he's got enough to lean on. But when he needs to throw the ball, he throws a solid ball, a good one. He's got a strong arm. He's got decent receivers. But they use him sparingly, and they pull him out when they have to, and he comes through. So I think he's the difference maker for Matamidi in that game. Matamidi has got the good running back in Corey Bomer. I think he had 20-some touchdowns this year. But I think one guy versus three, I'll go with St. Thomas's uh, uh, backfield threesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, and that's another one we did. We agreed in all of our picks. We did St. Thomas Academy over Matamidi. Uh We had, well, I think we both had Rogers over Armstrong. Yep, and, and you said, and you said Rogers. That there's talk that they may be a six A program next year from football. There has been rumors I've been hearing that uh, that they might be moving up to class six A because there's also rumors that Totino Grace is going to be the team we've championed for so many years is moving up. Uh, I think they move up two classes is thinking about moving back down a class back to their the class where they belong. I think it'd be four A or maybe possibly five A. But again, these are all just rumors that I'm hearing. But the rumors of Rogers possibly being a team bumped up to class six A has gotten stronger and stronger as the season going on goes on. Somebody at Rogers, you know, um, give call me and let me know that I'm wrong so I don't keep spreading this rumor if uh, okay. you think I'm I'm off base here. But uh, this is what I've been hearing. The uh, well, if you're Tino Grace, yeah, it's probably you probably better think about moving down at least to 5A because you've got to sell yourself as a private school to people and, and give them something they're interested in attending. And right now, football is that's a pretty hard way to, to make a case for yourself. That's what Creed and Darren Hall has discovered the last couple of years. And when you're again, when you're dependent upon it, attracting folks to 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 want to be you know a student, you can't have irrelevant football programs, and that's what. Creed Darren Hall and Tatino has become, which is weird to even say that sentence, but but that's where we're at with the reality we're in. So we'll see if moving down is going to start to allow Creed to get some footing and see what Tatino Grace decides to do. Because I think they, Tatino Grace went on and, and tweeted out last year, I think it was, when when Creed Darren Hall made the decision they were going down. Tatino Grace said something like, yeah, well, we're going to stay 6A. And I I wasn't sure if that was a dig or not, but uh, but maybe they've realized. You know what? Maybe they're onto something over there. So we'll see what you transpires. Know, they, they say that they say that that sports is the front porch of the school. You know, it's what people see. Right. It, it may not be the foundation and the basics of the house, but it is um, invites you in, and that's right. I I think why it's important. I I agree with you on those. And then Elk River Moorhead. That's a rematch. Uh, Elk River. Pretty well took care of business in the regular season. Uh, Moorhead's got to drive down to play Elk River at Maple Grove High School. I don't know if it'll be a closer game. I, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about Moorhead's injury situation, if there was one, or if, or if Elk River is just not playing on a different level of football. But but uh, Moorhead has got to be the decided underdog in this one. And Elk River, they're, they're looking like a team that could be right back in the championship mix for 5A this year. Man, they can play some defense this year. I mean, you never would have uh, – guessed it the way they played last week's uh, game against uh, Andor is 51-49, and they, they, they won <laughs> in overtime too. But, um, you know, Elk River, like I've always said, what Elk River does, people think that they can stop them, but they can't. They're like Minneapolis North in basketball. They're a team that does what they do better than anybody else. So you think you can play that style, and you can't. You think you can play Elk River's style, you can play defense against them, but you can't. They overwhelm you with how well they do they run that offense, and uh, uh, that's the difference between that team and, and other teams. And Moorhead knows what Elk River is bringing them because they already experienced it, 
but stopping it's another story. And Rochester Mail plays Mankato West. Unfortunately, that game is being played at Prior Lake High School. And I, I say unfortunately because I think you could probably get a better gate if you were a little bit closer to the south southern part of Minnesota where these two teams are from. I don't know. My geography isn't perfect. I don't know if there's a more logical space in their area that they could match up in, but but they're going to play together and, and get after it. And you know, we got the defending champion Mankato West uh, Scarlets, and you got a, a, a surprising, as far as I can tell, Mayo team that's you know one loss. They they're sixth in the final AP poll, and they got a good thing going. Yeah, they've been they've been you know kind of sticky, sticking uh, in that top ten all season long. And so, the, and they've really kind of uh, uh, silenced all doubters uh, this season. Their only loss was to said Mankato West during the middle of the season, but it was only a four-point loss at Mayo High School. So, uh, things like this, I'm not going to say that uh, it's difficult to beat a team twice. It's very, it's not difficult to do that at all. But uh, uh, we'll see what happens. And is it not going to be any surprise for, for either team on what's going to happen there? You had mentioned. Uh... The, the game involving Hutchinson. I got I to gotta put in a plug for going back to Thursday in uh, Class 4A. Uh, Simley is going to see Chisago Lakes for the uh, section champ, or excuse me, the, the state tournament quarterfinal there. So I think Simley is a great story. They, they've had a one-loss season, and the, the one loss they had was against a 5A team in Matamidi. So that, that, that punching at their weight, they're one of the best around. And, and I'm, you know, I, I we talked about this off the air, but you know, we, we all, I always joke. Someone asks, well, "Who are you rooting for?" I say, "I'm rooting for no overtimes." And then Lauren Nelson, uh, a friend of the Star Tribunes, he so I, I use that line on him once. He goes, "Well, I actually I root for, I root for the story. I root for you know things that are, you know you maybe haven't seen or something like that." And so I I feel like Simley is a, is a story that it's a good story, and that's not to take anything well, anything away from Chicago Lakes, but I'd like to, I'd be interested to see. Similarly, continue to keep the role uh, that they got going, and, and and you know, kind of see where how far they can take it. You know, I, I agree with you on rooting for the story, with one caveat: when you're writing <laughs> on deadlines, which we do oftentimes, sometimes the best story comes at you at the last minute, and that can throw your entire plans out of whack. And if you have a, a game where a team rallies with two late touchdowns, or they score a late uh, touchdown to win the game and pull it out, and you're just looking at a um, or half an hour deadline, and you've already got half of it written uh, with one team winning, and then the next one, uh, you have to turn around and tear everything up and start over again. So the best story is what you're always looking for. Uh, not always <laughs> when you're writing a deadline, though. Yeah, I'm careful what you wish for, I guess, when it comes to the story. Now, you are talking to us from the media center at the Excel Energy Center, and you are covering state volleyball at we have some indication of what Friday is going to hold in the finals. Uh, you want to give us a little insight there? This posh digs here at the X. Actually, it'll be Saturday. <laughs> um, the only the only set the only as time recording this the only finals that are set at this point are Class Four A, the big schools, um, and that will be Saturday at seven p.m. between Wyzetta, the number one seed, two-time defending state champs, against Lakeville North which is ranked number one for part of the season as the number two seed and has a strong, strong volleyball um, pedigree of their own. So that would be the match. I think everybody that's a volleyball, that's followed the volleyball scene this year anticipated and hoped for when we got to the class 4A finals and they've got it. And why is that a, 
isn't quite the juggernaut that were in years past. Um, they don't have the phalanx of hitters that they have, but they still have a very quality program, and they've got the best setter in the state, it's Dallas Swenson. Um, oh, and Lakeville North is playing such great team ball right now. They move the ball quickly. They've got a number of good hitters on their own. They've got a terrific setter of their own, Ava Blodgett. So it'll be a, an absolutely dynamite class for uh, a um, final on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, that's and yeah, that's and then of course the football winners, everyone that wins this games Thursday through Saturday. Next stop is the U.S. Bank Stadium. So fun time of year, fun buildings to to work in and to see the kids put on the the shows for their communities and their 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 student sections. And it's fun to fun to be a part of it on the one hand, and it's also tough for those that that fell a little short of, of what their goals were, but. That's what makes it great is people care. And I'm, I'm glad to be out there watching it and, and being able to chronicle some of that. Yeah, you know, and, and for some of these things, I mean, a couple uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, you wrote about something that happened in 2014 with um, some teams. And the thing that, that stands out is, well, you, there is historical perspective and it's ne- necessary for some of these kids, their, their, their chance to stand out. I mean, we look at programs and say, oh, they're always good. Well, there's always new kids on these teams different kids, kids that haven't had a chance to experience that. The Wyzetta volleyball coach, Scott Jackson, talked about that today, that, well, Wyzetta has um, the, the history. It's a lot of these kids have never been here before. This is their time, not the past kids' time. So that's the one thing that makes it great is you see a team, you recognize a team that's, that's great and they've run a, a good program, but it's all new. You don't know what's going to happen because there's different kids uh, running the show. Very good. I'm glad to have you with me to discuss this. I wish you well on your sports travels here over the next you know, 72 hours or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll be back talking soon. Go ahead, Dave, and stay warm tonight. Thank you, sir.